0: All right.
1: Hey, how are you?
0: So good.
1: Fantastic. fantastic. Well, you know what? (laughs) I glitched out a little bit, but that's okay. We're going to start. And welcome to How Do Artists, a show that focuses on a single topic of conversation and asks the question, how do artists live, work, play, run their business, stay inspired, or handle challenges and adversity from an artist's perspective? Our show will speak with a diverse group of artists and creatives, and as you as our listeners will have a chance to ask your questions during our Q&A session towards the end. I'm your co-host, Carlana Pedersen, artist and illustrator, and I am joined today by co-host, musician, and producer, Ryan Caldwell.
2: Thank you, Carlana. Our topic for this conversation today is how do artists persevere? And our guest today is Justin McAleese.
0: Yeah, what's going
2: on? Yeah. Yeah. Justin is a socially conscious director, cinematographer of narrative and documentary projects, both personal and commercial. He has been dedicated to filming since 1999 and has won dozens of awards and hundreds of hours of content and lensed even more. He has conducted hundreds of interviews in a variety of spaces and is equally comfortable directing a team of 50 in a corporate setting or shooting solo in the Serengeti. I love the alliteration. With the birth of the better series, Justin has redoubled his efforts into fostering transformative personal growth through storytelling and aims to couple science and emotion to change lives all over the world. Justin also wrote, produced, directed, (laughs) (laughs) and edited the feature comedy Brick Madness and often returns to his comedy roots. Welcome, Justin.
0: So much. I I feel like there should be just tigers just leaping in the background with lights (laughs) and just confetti, just like cannons of confetti coming down. Well, you know, it's
2: it's trying to roll. You got to roll out the, you got to bring the enthusiasm any way you can.
0: No, 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 it's it's good. I love it. Yeah, Yeah, it's the biggest introduction I've ever had. It's fantastic yeah when do i pick up my mark twain award for the
2: <laughs> well you got to get the flannel comedy. suit first yeah
0: okay <laughs> let's do it um yeah hi good to be here good uh, good to be on the show is awesome it was uh, quite the day to make this happen on time so well, here we you. are live and direct yeah i love it absolutely and hey a
2: quick shout out to our audience we'll be about a half hour in we're going to be doing and A Q&A segment so oh yeah live q and a we get both yeah. letters um
0: we'll cues will come and we'll maybe we'll do some a's we'll see exactly even if if you have
2: to jump out first feel free to throw your comment in there you can catch up later and when you see the video on youtube it's it'll be a whole thing yeah yeah well hey let's quick let's jump into let's jump into the questions um since we already established that you are doing all right today yes (laughs) (laughs) done (laughs) Check. perfect okay so if so actually i want to know how long have you been working in film
0: like twenty years, twenty something years. I mean, I graduated college in two thousand one, basically, and I was already doing stuff while I was still in college. Right. So, yeah, this is two twenty, so we're there. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's fantastic. What 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 have you what have you learned? What have you gleaned over your twenty years of film <laughs> experience thus far?
0: Uh, one of the things I always, uh, I think is really important to remember is that you don't know what you don't know until you realize you don't know it. And film is more about that than most other things. Well, because, because there's, yeah, there's so many aspects to it. So many different angles. Yes. And, and you can definitely be on a set uh, specifically like how they do things on set. It's one of those things where if you figure it out by yourself, you're, it's way more wrong than when you would do other things. Wrong. Like when you get there, you're like, "Oh, that's how that's that." That makes way more sense than
2: any way I would possibly do it. Oh no, I totally, I totally get that because, like, when you're DIYing stuff, you just kind of do whatever works in the moment. Yeah but there's super brilliant ways to do
0: things that just would never occur
2: to you until you see them. Yeah. Or especially like standardized ways to do things too. That's also. another.
0: (laughs) Well, and then you get on there and you're like, no, I'm smarter. I'm, I'm new and I'm revolutionary. And then you do it the (laughs) way you think. And then you see, and then like five steps later, they're like, well, why didn't you do that? And you're like, ah, now I see why I should have done that. That was a way better idea you guys had. Yeah, Yeah. I was, I I
2: was given that, I was given advice when I was uh, just still learning how to record and stuff like that. And it was, it it was that if you make a, if you make a decision, you better be like, you better be sure you can back that up.
0: Right. Yeah. If someone
2: calls you out on it, you better have
0: a solid explanation. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Break the rules, but you better know the rules first and you better be able to say why you wrote the rules. Yeah.
2: Has to be, has to be intentional. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's. I don't know, that's, that's nuts, though. It's kind of, I don't like. What, what are some of the biggest differences between you now and you 20 years ago?
0: Well, I mean, I remember back in college just thinking, like, if someone just gave me money, I would make a movie and it would be awesome and it would set the world on fire. And then, like, I actually made <laughs> basically the movie I wanted to make back then. And everyone's like, well, that movie sucks. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so money would have been problems, not <laughs> solutions. Okay, I get- <laughs> Yeah, and I didn't think the movie sucked. I thought I think it has some some really great parts. But what um, movie was this? uh, It's called Titanic. I don't know if you've heard of it, but. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, no, that was good. I made a movie called uh, "Sometimes People Wear Black Shirts," and uh, if the title doesn't confuse you, then the rest of the movie will. It, it it's um it's very funny in my opinion, and I think my friends in it are great, and I think there's a lot of really smart ass moments. Uh, aside from that, there's not much plot and there's not much else going on, and and uh, the audience wasn't so into that idea. I mean, they audiences want what they want, and they've been conditioned over. You know, decades, a hundred years, thousands of years, when you're talking about stories, to like expect a certain thing. And so you can't just take them and be like, well, you're not getting any of that stuff (laughs) because then they're going to revolt. And that's just how it is. So you have to live within, you know, you have to take. The the blueprint the playbook and you need to just tweak it a little bit. People want right. the same but different in everything. Yeah. Any kind of art is the same but different. Yeah, yeah. No, that, well, that, that's- there's a
1: formula to it. You're saying there's a yeah. Oh, that's yeah. not bad. Pattern.
0: Sure, that's not. You turn on the stove before you put food in. I mean, there's a reason <laughs> that things happen in a certain order, and that doesn't right. make it wrong. It doesn't make it formulaic. You know, right. that's a different a different uh, step of badness. Yeah, right.
1: no, I no, totally
2: I, get that. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because, I mean, there are so many tropes in film. Sure. Oh, yeah, it's just it's it's practically made of tropes at a certain point.
0: Yeah, and you need to utilize those to accomplish what you want. What? You know, you, you, you watch I remember it's just like a very small instance. I was watching... Um, uh, Breaking Bad one time, or no? What was yeah. it? it was Better Call Saul. I was watching a Better Call Saul episode, right? Right. And you know where you saw where the camera was. There was about to be a car accident, and about three shots before the car accident happened, you saw the camera go to a certain place, and you're like, "Oh, there's going to be a car wreck <laughs> in three shots." T-minus, <laughs> ding, ding, ksh, done. Car wreck. And it's just like if you, when you speak the language of film, and most people do. I'm not putting myself on a pedestal in terms of that. I was probably more aware of it. Because of because I know why I would use that shot in that situation. Well, right. But, you're
2: specifically the one executing those
0: ideas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I have to put it into practice. Yeah. But there, I mean, anyone else who doesn't know movies, who's seen enough movies, is still subconsciously like, Oh yeah, oh, something's gonna happen. I don't know what's right. gonna happen. This I don't I don't like this right now. I feel icky <laughs> right now for a few seconds. And that's totally what that is. So so yeah, I mean, you have to utilize the language of film at all points, the mechanics of our shared knowledge of how all that stuff works. As shorthand with the audience. I mean, that's really what your goal is as a director, as a writer, is to get as much information across as fast as possible, so that those mm. people, so that the audience can then decide how they feel about it. Because you can't tell them that. Don't tell them how to feel. You just tell them. You lay out all the all the ingredients so that they can say, "Ooh, I get it. Here's how I want to work with those ingredients." Yeah. Right.
1: Yes. Yes, yeah, but- I totally get that. <laughs>
0: No, that makes total
2: sense. I don't know. It's kind of like in, in in music, the 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 equivalent is like, well, of course, the bridge goes at the exact two thirds point of the song every time. You don't <laughs> yeah. mess with the winning formula.
0: <laughs> yeah, and or it's like tougher. A, oh, it's yeah. a three minute, the three, four, five minute thing or whatever. And so it's like there's a there's a billion of them. There's not a billion movies, and so you you know, it gets a little more repetitive in music. I think it's like yeah. you have to you have to play with it, but you yeah, exactly yeah. right but right, it's right. it's still there and people still expect it. Yeah.
1: That's right. And there've been a couple of times where songs have tried to change that format a little bit and I don't sure. know how well it's worked for them.
0: <laughs> Tool's hard. still doing it. Tools still there. Yeah. Oh so, gosh. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah, they're they're doing fan. Well, actually, and it was it was I was talking to a friend of mine about that cuz it's always super tempting to go and break out of that stuff, but I mean, yeah. it's like you were saying, it's it, it's very it's very tempting, but it's not frequently rewarding.
0: No. No, no. <laughs> For like You're anyone, great. No.
2: The watcher, the people making it, <laughs> <laughs> no. Or like you know, uh, like I, I love Cohen, Cohen brothers movies too. Sure, yeah. But I mean, part of the reason that people who like them like them is because they're usually
0: incredibly painful to watch. Mm. <laughs> Their whole goal, they, what they say, is like <laughs> our goal is to take a character, put them in a situation, and just keep making the situation worse. That's yeah. basically how we write a screenplay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, <laughs> so that's so that's job that's well done. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, with all of this knowledge that you've um, that you've had and your experience over the years, I, I looked at all the stuff that you've done, and it's so impressive. And I have to ask myself, uh, what made you go into film to begin with? Why film? Because you seem like a very creative person. Um, so why would you movies. go into
2: film yeah. no. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> what
1: was it? everybody had their muse what what was sure. it that attracted you specifically to the art of film
0: i I mean very specifically it was comedy and and even more specifically it was, I just wanted I thought my friends were really funny i I really just loved that whole stuff that was going on during college like the beginning of college and I always like sketch shows, Monty Python type stuff. Oh, wow. I was always really into that and so I wanted to. Sort of do all of that stuff, make funny stuff, make sketches, get smart asses on camera, and because <laughs> because I don't the thing is like you don't have to be um, if you have a billion dollars that does not make your movie funnier. It might make it cooler sci-fi. It, may, it might make it a better epic. It might make a better action movie. Any of those things, but you don't have a monopoly on funny, and oftentimes it's the exact opposite. And so, like, that's something you can get into with nothing. You can literally just stand on a stage and you can be the funniest thing. And so, like, that's something that's great. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I am or any of that, but I'm saying, like, (laughs) that's that's an approachable thing in a far different way than making other types of movies. And so I think that's what drew me to it originally.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I like that. It's almost it's almost got kind of a, a Kevin Smith attitude to it.
0: Yeah, 100%. And that was what <laughs> came out when I was like, when I was 19, 18 probably, is um, Clerks was out and there was other movies oh, sort of yeah, similar yeah. to that. And the good thing about Clerks is you're like, oh, well, I could do that. Come on, that's not that hard. <laughs> and and like it L- sort of isn't, but it's Everybody's sort like, oh, of... Oh, I
1: can do that, you know, and then you try to do it and you're like, oh. sure.
0: yeah. yeah.
2: No, that, that's a thing. Well, actually, you know what? The... Um, or, you know, earlier when we were talking about, um, what do you call it? We were talking, I, I was, you know, brought up music. I that That's something that I've often reflected upon with film, which is the fact that as far as art forms go with like production cycles, you know, mm-hmm. and how long an idea takes to go and like farm to table manifest itself. Oh, yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is. Film is by... By and large, the short straw of those of of that production cycle <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. you could you can go for years just working on the same project. So what? Well, has... I've never met
0: anyone like that.
2: <laughs> Eleven years later. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm well
0: aware of how that works.
2: Well, but I, I was I was gonna say what? How, how has that affected your like creative process when you want to go forward with an idea? Like you you must have like something like a lot of anxiety or you'd be really confident with it before you have to like decide to get other people involved
0: yeah there's definitely that i mean just you censor yourself because you know that those things instantly cost money so it's different than some sorts of ideas if you're a writer then you can write anything if you're <laughs> if, you, if you just draw things if you use paint like basically yeah. any of those things are limitless and that's not a good thing that's a bad thing in and of itself it's just it's the other side of that the other side of that sword or whatever the other blade right but um but yeah it's very difficult because you immediately go in you know my brother and i 20 years a long time ago probably probably 18 years ago made a short film and it was basically it was us describing these characters within the short film describing how the movie was going to be and then we went and shot the things of what that was but it was a very you know low budget us just screwing around version of it because yeah. we're like telling the story but that's basically what it is and then at the end of it we realized we can't do any of that stuff because we don't have any money we don't have any none of that's going to happen so then we just end <laughs> it and like and then the story becomes a story inside of the story. And so then you try to get clever in terms of that. <laughs> but um, that's what we did because, yeah, you're always self-censoring. You're always trying to be like, how can I do this for less money, cheaper in a smaller place with less people and still right. get all the good stuff that I would have with all the opposite of the things I just said? Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: That, and that, that, that's, got, that's one of the things that blows my mind just about working in film in general is just, you know, like you don't just have to have the idea. You also have to know how to execute it if you want to make it happen.
0: And you got to be a good salesman. And right. you have to have other connections. You don't have to have connections, but you certainly have to have connections at some point along the along the line or else no one's gonna see it. So yeah, there's there's so many things involved in getting a movie made. I mean it's less now, but getting a movie made and seen, I mean that's incredibly difficult. Yeah. yeah
2: that, that that one
0: specifically. That's Yeah, the- exactly. Yeah. Cuz I
2: mean you can you can make a movie but then getting people to watch it, that's the the marketing, the distribution, that's
0: the hard part. Yeah, it's like well, pissing yourself in uh, in dark pants. You get a warm feeling and no one really notices. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm going to use that. That's amazing. My, that's my Uncle John's. He said that about 10 years ago. He probably forgot I knew that.
2: Uh. Man. No, that's that, that, that stuff is crazy, though. Okay, well, hey, let's let's circle back to comedy. Okay. So, okay, so you said you, you started in comedy. What made
0: you leave, and then what made you come back? Oh, I don't know that I left. in terms of it's just – you you got to do things to pay the bills, and I, I don't mean that to sound like crass or anything. Oh, no, I'm just no saying saying, like, <clears throat> Yeah, so you end up – because I was never necessarily intending to be a director of photography, and most of what I do is director of photography stuff. No. Um, so you transition to where you can stay busy, to where you can um, learn things sort of more quickly. Like you're saying, dr- being a director only is a pretty difficult thing in a lot of ways because yeah. – you have to find all these other things to help you actually get any experience directing. Oh like, yeah. Like you can sort of, you can pick, you know, like the standard thing is to go pick a pretty girl, walk out into nature. And now you can practice DPing all day. Like you just shoot some stuff and then <laughs> the people look at it and they're like, wow, it's really nice. And you're like, you've already made something right. And you don't even have to be a director in that situation. You put some, pretty right. Music to it, and it's great. Um, but being a director, like you need so many more things at your disposal to actually get it to, to have anything on the page later or on the screen later. And you have to end up, uh, you know, being an editor at that point too. It's like, there's so many things. So, so the point is I moved to different disciplines to try to be good enough at those things so I could make my own stuff. And so that I could get other, get the other things accomplished that I wanted to in my head directing wise on screen by DPing them as well. And that's what happened on a lot of stuff is, they do that a lot of that.
2: Wow. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I totally, I, <laughs> I, I really identify with that too, because it's, you know, I mean, a lot of what I do is, is music production, but you know, if there's no one else in your team, the music producer does everything. Yeah, totally. <laughs> or, yeah, just from beginning to end, you know, the editing, the engineering, the songwriting, sure. the yeah, yeah. yeah you can
0: probably do all that stuff, and you need to do all that stuff to get stuff made. Sometimes,
2: but the actual, but right. the but the actual like the directing or the actual producing part is you know. Then there's the whole part of that skill set where you're leading and organizing people.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's a totally different thing. So you have to put on that hat. Yeah, it, being a director has like the you know you wear many hats. They say that, but like oh, yeah. you have you have to be good at a lot of very disparate things. And, and you also have to that be that able part. to
2: call people out on those things too.
0: Yeah, probably. And not be a jerk and still get them on your side. And, and right. you know, <laughs> hopefully you just have people around you that you like enough to where you're not constantly yelling at each other, which yeah. successful enough. I think. Yeah. Actually, I was going to say, that's a really good segue too.
2: <laughs> no, well, I got, Oh, well, what were you going to say? No, I was, I was just
1: agreeing. I mean, I, I think we've, all been on production sets and, and have had to deal with something or another, um, whether it's music or film. So with that, what's the longest production you've ever worked on?
0: Well, I mean, in terms of total years, it's Brick Madness for sure, because it's taken me 11 <laughs> years to make it. And it's finally coming out this month and last month. The pre-sales were open a couple of weeks ago and on well, December you- 22nd. It's, what
1: were you consistently on that for 11 years or was that you took some breaks here and there? You like definitely you took breaks. And then, let me explain. You,
0: let me explain it this way. Walk, walk have, us through. Walk yeah, us through the process. No, 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 This is, I'm not going to walk you through it. I already lived through it once. Get out of here. There's no way I'm going through a step I am so curious about that. terrible. No, let me, let me put it this way. I have a couple jet skis that my cousin and I bought like six probably six, eight years ago, eight years ago. I don't know when it was. Anyway, I have a couple of jet skis. I use them once every three years because if I'm going to go out and screw off and, and have fun and do that, I'm like, I should be working on the movie and so i don't do it and i go try to work on the movie or convince myself that i can't right now and but that i should just wallow in my shame of not having it done so the point is <laughs> it's omnipresent it's uh, it, oh yeah past, at least it's always on my mind of something like i shouldn't go do that other thing i need to focus on this and sometimes I'm actually able to follow through and focus on it and get things done and and move on to the next step. But it's always there. So like if you're even if you're not actually physically working on it, yeah. it's still working on you. Oh yeah. It's, how, it's at least still chugging in the background. Sure. Oh, yeah. It's
1: chugging in the background in your head, but how yes. do you keep an entire crew motivated and and into your bigger picture? for 11 years that's the part i am fascinated with i mean because you didn't just do this autonomously you you did this like it was a collaborative effort i mean i saw like the behind the scenes pictures and all the stuff that looked like was so involved on this high level production
0: sure and i would say most of you know like you're looking at one of 10, 12 days or something that are of like, say that level of production size. So we did that over the course of like four different shoots to where we got together for three days, somewhere in there of doing like the whole crew is there and we're doing everyone and we're at a location and we're having to get, you know, we're we're doing all the normal stuff that production does. And we got the truck out there and we have a full crew of some sort. We did that maybe four times, like I said, for three days a piece. So that's like twelve days of the whole production, ish. And then I did another twenty days of production where it's like three of us or something mm-hmm. like that. So the the overall length of the amount of days that we shot is not crazy. It's not more than most movies. I mean, any Hollywood movie shoots way more than thirty days. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was spaced apart, you know, to get more money. Probably that was part of it. To um, just do the producing itself. You know, I'm I'm co-running a business the entire time. And mm-hmm. a lot of those weeks are like 70 hour weeks of production. Like that's all I'm doing. And Oof. so it's quite hard to a find time in there to do something else that may or may not ever make you money. And like turning <laughs> down money too. You know, if you're if you're talking about oh yeah, getting You know, a couple grand or whatever a day on set, and then you're like, "Oh no, I'm not going to do that." So I can do this the other thing that's a total pipe dream, you know. Like it's just really bad business, and then you don't do it. So, so you're always sort of parlaying one thing for the other, and and hoping that eventually you get back to it. Well, yeah, and you can never sacrifice paid work for free work. That's just no, it's stupid. But but then when does it stop? You know, when you get back in there,
2: which you know is a good problem to have.
0: (laughs) Sure, (laughs) absolutely, and that's why we were able to do it when we did do it was because yeah. we did an, uh, enough of the other work or working on other friends stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean, And I think it, people were like exceptionally kind to be able to come on and do stuff for cheap or, or very little or nothing. And, you know, just be a part of the project and be happy to like be working on something as a team. And I'm just enormous, enormously grateful for that. And so, I mean, that's really where most of that came from. It's just like people wanting to be on the team. And, and I yeah. got feedback and the feedback I had people harp on me constantly about not having the movie done in not a bad way, like in an okay way. Yeah. Yeah. people that were involved in it and they cared about it because that shows that they care. Like that's way better than people being like, Oh, you're still working on that. (laughs) Like that could happen. And that would suck.
1: So, so then how did your friends and family respond during this, this project for you?
0: I, you know, I think there's that thing where I went through a variety of stages of, like, it's a 10 to me, like, importance level, day-to-day important level of my life. It's a 10 to me, and for most other people, it's, a, like, a one <laughs> if that. And it's not that they don't care about me or don't care right. about the project or anything like that. It's just, like... In my own head, it's so much more important. You know, I mean, that's oh, like yeah. that's how humans are, right? <laughs> we think that people care about what we care about, and they don't care about what we care about because they have to care about what they care about. And it's you're a creative
1: what? on top of that. So <laughs> yes, exactly. It feels like it's even more compounded.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And so the those that ticking time bomb is constantly going off in your head. Oh yeah. And, and MacGruber's coming in there and saving you. <laughs> MacGruber. It, it's it's oh, terrible, remember. but you eventually get through. So yeah, I don't know. No, that's it and I, I totally get it. Because like
2: the things the things you specifically want to do with your passion and creativity, they're always just omnipresent, always sure. there, always, you know, chasing you. Yeah. But actually I want to touch on something that, you know, we, we were skirting by before, which is the um big big budgets versus little budgets. Which one is a better and more pleasurable onset experience?
0: Um they are totally different. And I would say the type of project you do is totally different. So from a narrative perspective, yeah. I think it's nice having more money. I don't think it's I haven't directed anything narrative feature with a lot of money. That we haven't done that. Mm-hmm. I've directed other things, you know, like <clears throat> prescription drug commercials that had a very decent budget for the day right, and so right. that's cool you get the time and you have the people there that you need and you execute exactly what you guys have been talking about for a month and so that's cool that's good it's yeah. not it's um you know and you get four different types of danishes because you don't like <laughs> the other three no i mean it's not that bougie but it sort of is bougie and it's great <laughs> but then when you go do your own movie you feel it's like you you yeah, there's a there's a thing. I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie American movie. So no, I haven't. Really, really great documentary. Um, this uh, anyway, it's great and it's just it's it's about a dude in Wisconsin, I think, and he's trying to make a movie and it's just a really sad affair and his friends are kind of dopey and things are <laughs> difficult and he doesn't have any money and it's just and it's really but he pushes through. And he is, yeah. his name is uh, Mark Borchardt. And um, he pushes through, and eventually they sort of make something, and it's fine. But, but it encapsulates indie filmmaking or filmmaking in general so well because it's always a struggle, <laughs> and you're always trying to just bang your head up against the wall and hope that something comes out good on the other side. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, so anyway, what I'm saying is like when you have a billion dollars, you still don't feel like you have enough money. That's my understanding of, like, big-time movies. You know, that's what the, the Coen brothers or whatever. They're still going to say, yeah, like, yeah. we could do something more with more money, sure. Like, or maybe not them, but at least David Fincher would say that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's, it's just something – It's I guess it's kind of a marvel. But I do like what your your testament to indie filmmaking, too, because it's just – it's it's always, like – it, it, it kind of goes back to the um, what, what you were talking about with trying to figure out your idea and how you execute it with fewer people and fewer locations. Can I just do this in someone's apartment? Like, <laughs> yeah. do I have to rent something?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And part yeah. of why we made a mockumentary, I mean, this is a sad fact, part of why we made a mockumentary <laughs> is I'm like, well, it doesn't have to look great all the time. And if we get a boom <laughs> mic in the shot, it's perfect. It was intentional, right? Oh, yeah, oh, so yeah. Build mistakes into the the concept and then they're not mistakes anymore <laughs> and then it's gritty realism yes perfect that's, right. that's what we're doing <laughs> yeah yeah it's a weird thing you are, you never get to spend the same amount of time on your own project as you do on other people's projects because other oh, yeah. people's projects cost a lot of money because there's a lot of time involved and so oh yeah, yeah. i mean today I'm, I'm sitting in the room with the dude i'm going to talk about but like you know we had plenty of time in a great way we had plenty of time to do exactly what we wanted we weren't strapped for time even yeah. when I was trying to get home here with you guys, we cut early so that I could come over here and talk to you. But it, yeah. regardless of that fact, we had plenty of time to do that. There, you know, there was we we're going at twenty times the pace on something like Brick Madness a lot of mm. times. So you know, it's it's a weird thing how that works. It's it's sort of the opposite of what you would think it would turn out as, but it's not.
2: Yeah, and that's it, it's, that is kind of crazy because, I mean, frequently you think like, yeah, you spend more time on something, it's going to turn out better, right? yeah not necessarily
0: no you can definitely ruin something by worrying. i mean music i think is even a better example maybe or like say fine art like you can take a painting and then put two versions of the painting on top of that painting and now it's a crap painting yeah (laughs) and that could sort of happen with movies yeah you can work them through till they yeah
1: that happens in art all the time you just keep working it and working it and working it and you just You've really kind of destroyed yeah the, you know the original intent of the of the of the of the piece, yeah, so uh,
0: and that's I- what they say about you know a director being a cinematographer, or whatever, like if it's not working, start turning off lights. Because a lot of times, <laughs> two lights in it looks really good, and then you have seven up, and you're like, ah, "This is just a bunch of mush." So, yeah, right. I think there's an equivalent of that in any yeah. type of art. Start turning lights off, and maybe it'll turn it'll be better. <laughs> you know what? That's and the, the the fun audio equivalent of that is uh, like miking things and
2: miking drum sets, because mm. there's there's this thing called phase cancellation where it's like if you have too many mics on the same source, it will actually just make it sound thinner and worse.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I Believe it. All you need, all you need is Headley Grange and uh, a mic at the top of the stairwell. That's all you need. John Bonham proved that in 1972. Come on, it. Oh out yeah, of here.
2: oh yeah. That's still one of the most revolution. <laughs> it's still insane. It's like, oh yeah, he mic'd the bass drum and at overheads, and that's it. And so then there's these people being like, I met people like I use a 13 mic setup on my drums. And it's like, oh, do you? How, <laughs> do
0: how does that sound? <laughs> How'd that work out for Lars? And his universally revived? Wild snare drum, yeah. Or like oh. you were talking about Tool ah. tools.
2: God, tools thing was weird too. With the, uh, I think they they recorded drums for one of the albums in a room full of helium.
0: Oh, really? Because they thought
2: it would make the symbols cut better. And it's like, that's how you get your sound? You don't that's just. That's fantastic. All right. It's like, uh, so you, yeah. now you're, oh.
0: you're going to starve your drummer of oxygen? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure the gas mask doesn't make any
2: sound either. It's fine.
0: And Danny Carr <laughs> such a pro, too, in like a good way, but he's always in his Kansas Jayhawks jersey, oh, like hanging out with his long hair. And, like, yeah, he isn't. That's so funny. Um Man, yeah. what, what else? What else are we talking about? Ooh, oh. ooh.
2: Oh, oh, go for it! Go, no, no, you go for it, Ryan. Oh, it's so polite. Um, <laughs> so, having worn all the hats, what is your what is your favorite position? You know, cinematographer, director, <clears throat> camera op, writer. What do you What do you got? What's your What's your favorite role to play?
0: Well, the most fun thing you can do, the most fun thing I've done was be directing on set, doing Brick Madness. Like that was sort yeah. of that's the high point in a lot of ways because you're solving problems in real time you're with your friends yeah. you're getting something accomplished that you've worked on for a long time and and that means a lot to you mm-hmm. and you're able to be part of a team in a totally different way because you're leading the team hopefully so like that's awesome but the yeah. thing is it's overwhelming and difficult and tiring and you go home and you're just like oh man i want to take a nap for a month so <laughs> it's a different deal entirely um, being uh, sort of like what I was talking about before, but, but being on another, like on a feature film, we did a feature film last year, um, around April and that was great. We had the full yeah. crew that we needed. We had some fun toys to go out with, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to worry to being the director, depending on how many people you have, yeah. like sort of underneath you or, or with you, it's like, there's a ton of stuff that you need to worry about that that's not what people think directing is. It's like a thousand other questions that can't be solved because, <laughs> just, you know, logistics get in the way. And so, so I think uh, being a DP on a big thing is is super fun too. Do when you get to do it, for me, if I get to do anything with like a yeah. helicopter or doing something, <laughs> you know, with a big jib move or doing a one or doing, there's all sorts of things that you're like, that's ah, so much fun. Why wouldn't I want to do that? <laughs> yeah. So it's hard to say, but. Yeah. But being the director on your own things, when everything is going well and you have a great team, there's nothing that beats that. Yep.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, especially if you're working with people you know and you trust, and yeah,
0: yeah. No, that, that's that's huge. Uh, what's uh, a Stanley Kubrick quote. Uh, Though directing a movie can be like trying to write War and Peace on bumper cars. When you get it right, there's nothing quite like it. It's <laughs> trying to write War
2: and Peace on bumper cars?
0: Yeah, some of that a, effect. That's fantastic. <laughs>
2: Man, no, that's, and okay, so now here's another thing. What's, what's your least favorite role to do in, in like a production? Like what's, what's the role, like what, what's the job that some, that you can technically do, but whenever you're asked to do it, you're like, if I must.
0: Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't particularly like producing stuff. I mean, that's, there's just so many things that have nothing to do with, you have to do so much stuff on set or, I mean, before you get to set. And if it doesn't work out, then it's your fault and like stuff's never gonna hundred percent work out. <laughs> but like as another, if you did if you weren't in charge of that stuff, you come on set and you solve any problems and you're already a hero. So it's like it's the opposite of uh, being a producer is such a rough role for me, I think, and it's just yeah. it takes and you have to call up so many people and be like, "Hey, can I shoot at your place? Is that cool? Can we do this? okay it's and knowing full well that it's like probably gonna take longer than you said, and you might actually put some scuffs on the wall that you said you weren't going to. <laughs> do then you have to apologize for that stuff and whatever it's so you know depending on the size of the production how good you are we try to be good and i think we are good but it's um (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to do that. And I don't like doing um scripty necessarily. I wouldn't want to do scripty. Well, what um, what's 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 scripty? I mean I'm ignorant. Yeah, you know, the script supervisor um is the person that you know takes notes on everything that's happening, seeing which hand you're holding it in, seeing if your headphones are on the right way, that sort of stuff, take after take after take. And they do they have a lot of homework too. Like mm. script supervisors are badass because they do so much stuff that um they're just on for, you know, <laughs> sixty days at a time, they're like
2: <laughs> oh my gosh! Just, just monitoring, started. just watching oh, you yeah, it's every so move, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's typical. It's <laughs> yeah, like, I do not be that job. It's three D proofreading. I think is what it is, and that's three D
2: proofreading. Yeah, just, just spotting for co- continuity
0: errors. Just. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Oh. So anyway,
1: that's funny. Well, you know, we've got a couple of questions. If you oh. want well, let's we let's fire them just off a few <clears> here. Um, we have one question that says.
2: It is uh Justin, it- yes.
1: What was your favorite part working with a powerhouse actor like Anthony Taylor? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, okay, you want the fake um <laughs> Anthony, well, he eats up the entire frame. He just has to; it has to be about him all the time. He'll just and walk he
2: closer to, to the camera. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, no, no, no.
0: He just, you know, <laughs> you no one ever gets a chance to talk. No one ever; they get nothing in Edgewise because he's just, you know, saying so many funny things. No, Anthony is great. It's what's great about what we did on brick Madness is we did a lot of improv, and so nice we we knew what we were. Gonna say we had everything sketched out completely. I mean, we wrote a you know 90 page script and it was all there, but we left a lot of room for to be able to come up with better jokes or just take it in whatever direction we wanted to go. And right. Anthony, and I've said this before, um, and clearly Anthony is watching, which is good for him. <laughs> good. way to go. I, he has
1: a serious question, too. <laughs> no, oh. no, okay. Yeah.
0: No, no, no. What I would say is like um when you get to work with someone who is as good at crafting a story on the spot. There's nothing better than that. And mm. I don't think, and I'm not saying this to blow Anthony up. He's not even an actor, basically, like he is, but he's not. <laughs> and no, but I wouldn't I wouldn't take anyone over him. I wouldn't take Seth Rogen and put him in Anthony's role in 100 years. Anthony's better at it, in my opinion. I'm not saying Seth Rogen's not good. I'm saying Anthony was better. And I think there's a number of actors that were on Brick Madness that I feel that way about. Other people might not, but that's how I feel, and that's all that counts. It's my my darn movie. (laughs) That's
1: right. And to that point, Anthony has a more serious question. Follow-up question. As a director, how do you know when you've got it? That's
0: a good question. You, you have to identify in your mind exactly what you're trying to accomplish with the macro scene and, like, five, ten points within the micro scene, whatever those happen to be. So you have to know, like, this scene has to fill in these roles within the rest of the script, and that that's not only with plot but theme and story, which are all three completely different things, and probably character um, further in the character's arc or whatever it happens to be. And you have to be very aware of those things and then you have to be explicitly aware of what happens when you cut this scene or what mm. happens when you remove part of the thing that you really thought that you needed but that you can accomplish some other way. So it, it's a very difficult balancing act, I think. And I'm not saying I'm great at it. I think a lot of other people are... You know, a lot of people I know are better at it than I am. But it is... Um, right. It is trying to constantly get these ideas accomplished in the viewer's head without overdoing it while protecting and giving yourself insurance in case you can't use the parts that you thought accomplished that thing. <laughs> so it's really hard.
2: Well, and I, I bet you, you do build up intuition, but very slowly because of the, you know, sure, because yeah, the, the g- fact that you can't actually get practice on directing unless you have all the people. <laughs>
0: Yeah, 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 that's typical. <laughs> and and you know, you might, who knows when you edit it and who knows who sees it. So like if you make a thing, let's let's say you write a thing, shoot a thing, edit a thing, and then you show it to five people but not 100 people or you never sit in an audience with people or whatever, then you yeah. might not even know how you feel about it really because sitting, mm. and, sitting with an audience or at least getting feedback from people, that's when a whole other gear of intuition kicks in and you're like, oh, that feels gross now. I don't like that. (laughs) That moment sucks now. I thought it was good. No, it's not good. It took too long. It's boring. It's whatever it is. So you feel that later.
1: Yeah, Um, and I would say that that's very unique to the art process in film because you don't get that in music until it's released. You don't get that in art (laughs) until you've finished it and you've presented it, unless you're doing some sort of custom work and you're still going back and forth. But even then... You've got to complete it and then you give it to them or so (laughs) being able to get that feedback and then turn around and make transitions to to change is really unique, I think, to the film process in itself.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. It's not live. You're you're not you know performing live, but you are doing a similar thing when you're doing rough rough cuts because okay. you're gauging how they feel and how you feel in the room and and what the the difficult thing that I always sort of get hung up on is, um, it's just sort of echo back to what I was talking about at the very beginning is like yeah, when someone watches a thing or reads a story or whatever it happens to be, that thing is now in their head, mm-hmm. and so. When you're talking about step one, two, three, four, up to 100, that like a script sort of is, it's, it's a compilation of steps to bring okay. someone along, to bring the audience along to get to the end and be happy about it or sad or whatever it happens to be, right? Feel like they got their money's worth. Yeah, yeah. People can't, un, people can't forget that they saw step 12 when they tell you that step 13 is dumb. And it's a, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's very hard. So people are watching, be like, you don't need that scene. And you're like, you don't even, you wouldn't even have understood scene 26 if I didn't have scene 12. It wouldn't make sense to you. And they're like, well, I just don't think you need it. And you're like, it's not true. You have to have something there or you, you won't be there. Well, and, that, so. and that's one of the hardest parts about
2: doing, especially time based stuff too. And I mean, I guess art in general is just getting like feedback and criticism from people. Sure. Is it's just, being it, able to receive
0: the criticism. Well, uh,
2: it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but the, um, but, but the hard part is also finding people who can give you articulate criticism. Oh and yeah, yeah. Inarticulate yeah. criticism also has its value. I mean, you can just gauge general feel, being like, did I hit the mark? No. Okay, well then now I need to figure out how to go and fix that without, you know, that specific input.
0: But yeah, yeah, yeah. I got then, I got I got one, sorry to cut you off. Oh I no, got please. feedback on uh, on the uh, the first movie I was talking about, black shirts. Someone wrote because I had comment cards or whatever. And uh, someone wrote like, make the jokes funnier. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet, done. I'll just turn on the meter in and, and Final Cut Pro, no problem. Yeah, no, I, I got, I got one, got one of those. I got one of those recently. I
2: was doing some like stock music stuff, and one of the, I got feedback from you know one of the curator people being like, "You should try listening to the reference tracks next time." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'll just, I'll just try doing my job." Okay, fine. Yeah, I totally <laughs> forgot
0: that step. My, my apologies. I was flying blind. I'm surprised I got this far. That was. Yeah, right. Yeah, like you, they, they must think you're a savant at that point. Like, you, didn't re- you didn't listen to the reference tracks, and you still brought out something that was like somewhat marginally okay. Like, they, yeah, they should hire you. Oh uh, no, yeah. it's
2: it's it, it's it's madness. Oh, uh, well, actually, so let's brick see, here. madness,
0: brick, brick it, madness,
2: brick, brick madness.
1: madness. How, wait, give us the date for brick madness. When is it?
0: Uh, It's going to be on Amazon on the 22nd of December to buy. That is this month. That is is in a scant week and a half or something right now, right?
1: Goodness, you must be excited.
0: You would think so. (laughs) 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 No, it's just like until it happens. Um, But when when people are like, hey, we're going to make this movie in Zimbabwe, it's going to be awesome. And you're like, yeah, I'll believe it when I'm on the plane. We'll see we'll see right. about that. Yeah. Oh, Even yeah.
1: being on the plane, you're still waiting.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, like, we'll terror. see what happens at customs. Oh, no, I've been through customs <laughs> far too many times. And they've been like, you can't bring this in. And I'm like, uh, well, we'll see because we have to. I don't have a movie if we don't bring this in. And yeah, stuff like that happens. <laughs> and stuff. then sometimes yeah. you
2: bring it in and other times there's not a movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then when I'm in during production, I'm like, well, we'll see when we get to the edit room. And then when you're in the edit room, we're like, we'll see when people watch it, and what they say. And so, you know, that's I it think that never sort yeah. of me. ends. Yeah. So here's
1: another question for you. Uh, let's hear it. All right. How do you get a new project funded?
0: Um, well, I mean, there's a few ways. Uh, you can do crowdfunding, obviously. I think that's a tough one to do. And I think if you have a way of making other money, it may be more effective to make money that way. I I don't know many people who've done crowdfunding that have made more than minimum wage crowdfunding. So you want to get like it,
1: your project funded.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Occasionally yeah. you do, but um, but you are making a built-in audience theoretically that's going to want to watch the movie. That's one thing that's really good about crowdfunding. Right. Um, g- going it, movies are so cheap to make. "Quote unquote," these days mainly because the technology is what I'm referring yeah. to. Oh yeah, and and editing. You know, just like we have so many things at our disposal, right. that it's going to be really tough unless you have something. Excuse me. If a if an executive producer thinks that you can make it on your own, they're not going to give you money to make it. Because why would they? Because then, like, show show them the proof then. And so if you go make a teaser trailer and you're like, this is way out of my league, I can't actually do this, I need the money, but I think you'll make X amount of dollars and here's why, Mm -hmm. then you might have a hope. But you still have to find someone that, like, wants to get their beak wet, as they say, like, who wants to just be involved in the process because it's fun. I mean, I don't know how much that happens anymore. Like, it used to be very much in, like, the 80s, 70s, whatever it happened mm-hmm. to be, it's like you found the dentist and the dentist had money and he wanted to make a movie because he thought it would be gonna, a good investment. And because being a dentist is boring. So then <laughs> that's how movies got made. I mean, it's all the Coen brothers started stuff like that. Oh, and yeah. so a lot of things happen in that exact way. And then you made money off of that. And then you can go to someone else and be like, hey, how about you guys throw in some seed money on the next one because you got your money back on that one. I'll try to get whoever else I can involved. And then we'll get actual, you know, like Hollywood money involved. But the problem is, that sort of switch like Dennis aren't in charge of it is anymore. It's like wall street is in charge of it because these are yeah. m- venture capitalist money um, sources, which is a way different deal than it's ever been in filmmaking. It's never really been about that. So there's a, a even more, and I think it's in music too. It's like, yeah. it's people who don't give a shit up. Don't give a crap about <laughs> movies telling who to make movies and how giving, you know, they're, they're the Ugh. gatekeepers. And so yeah. that's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, mean,
1: mean, I, I totally I agree with that. I mean, yeah. Although, how do you, you know, get money
0: for but Ryan? How do you get money for music? Oh, you do it all DIY. Yeah. So I mean, like, <laughs> I'm not trying to say it's broken, but I mean it's rough. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No. And, and the, the the budget and the funding thing. Well, I mean, that being said, we do live in a golden era for DIY, though. Like, it's oh, never been more attainable to just go with your own
0: gumption absolutely. and make something. Yeah. 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 And then you know that when I talk to like the student filmmakers or whatever it happens yeah. to be when I go talk at a college or something I'm like what camera should I get to be able to do that. I'm like, you got an iPhone, go shoot something. Like, come yeah. on. Like you can yeah, any yeah. you can buy a fifteen hundred dollar camera. easily like a legitimately fifteen hundred dollar camera and make stuff mm-hmm. that's way better than anything I've ever made. Like you can't, it's not that hard, not th- th- to to have technology wise. I mean, like right, if you right. have better ideas than me, then your stuff will be better. And there's nothing else standing in your way. Well, and even distribution, you know, YouTube is the biggest, you know, video watching platform on the planet. Yeah, Sure and yeah. it's a yeah and it's I don't know I just don't know who watches movies on YouTube I don't know if that happens I don't well, know if like I, everyone tries um, to avoid that I think yeah 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 <laughs> they'll watch uh, Rogan talk for four hours but they won't watch a 90 minute feature right it's it's a weird now I'm not even against that I watch him talk no, for,
2: I, I, I feel I, I feel attacked uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I, no I, I'm, I'm off Rogan
1: <laughs> I, I totally get that concept I mean yeah no I, I they'll take movies and chop them up and put them on YouTube.
0: <clears throat> yeah. But it's, it's, not a, platform actual, for it's not a platform films.
1: for that. Right. No,
0: no. So it's like, yes, you, you can be in everyone's living room instantly. And that's the problem. Cause there's a billion people doing the same exact thing. So, and what gets prioritized on YouTube? I don't know. I don't watch a ton of YouTube, but it's like, <laughs> it's not stuff I want to do necessarily. <laughs> And if it is, I'm like, God, they put a lot of work into that. That's way more work than I have time to put into it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a a different algorithm that measures all of that. And so
0: you
1: you, you totally have to work to figure out what those algorithms even are. Yeah. And how to crack them so that you have a chance at leveling the playing field. And to your point, because of that, everyone has an opportunity to put whatever they want out because it's so accessible
0: sure. Yeah. So and and, and, and there's good well,
1: bad to that.
0: Totally. And the thing about YouTube is, I mean, it's like run by 14 year old boys and that's not bad in and of itself, but I'm not, I do not that's not like,
1: Hey, group. we're on YouTube.
0: That's not my, yeah, no, I know, but you're not running it. That's not my wow. audience. So it's like, you know, what are you going to cater to? Yeah. So that at the end of the day, you have to make something that you want to make. And if you right. can't, if you can't find an audience doing that way, then you slowly meander toward what you think you could find an audience for. Yeah, there's no there's no shame in that either. You know, being a stalwart and being like, I only do this cause my patent. and you're like, okay, cool, but no one's gonna watch, man. So you gotta find the audience too. Yeah. No, that that's now, how absolutely did you find
1: your audience.
0: I'm still looking. <laughs> <laughs> that's now, fair. I yeah, I think there there there's, you know hundreds of people that I've talked to that saw Brick Madness and you know that I've talked to one-on-one in person whatever happened to be Mm -hmm. that love the movie and so I there is an audience out there for it absolutely and I think there's enough people out there that are not entirely dissimilar to me that are going to like it I'm gonna think it's funny and gonna think it's heartwarming and has a good ending and, and is entertaining and really checks off a lot of boxes that a lot of other movies don't so I'm, oh, yeah. yeah, I think it just needs to be, you know, uh, clicked on by more people, well, honestly. You
2: know, and I've never seen, I've never seen a mockumentary about, uh, Lego builders before, but I'm very excited to, I saw, I saw the trailer. I loved yeah. it. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. yeah.
0: I totally watch it <laughs> Anthony Taylor's. So he has that line at the very, he's Ricky six. Um, mm. and he has oh, a yeah. line at the end of the movie. Um he has a couple great lines in the trailer, I think. But you know, you know, when I grow up, Ricky, Ricky Six, when I grow up, I want to be I want to be just like you. And he says, that's inconceivable. Next. <laughs> and like it's, it's, it's so good. Oh no, I like yeah. I like
2: that. Like he and his his delivery is fantastic.
0: Um it's the best. Yeah, and it's these are like two take things. Like four hours of sleep, two takes, and we're just like we're moving on to the next. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So
2: it's always that's great a- when that can happen. Well, that's I think two. Oh. Oh, go for it. Oh, do you, do you, do you,
0: no, do you no, it's to you. It's to you, laugh? Carlana. No, I get to choose. It's you. Go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I will take it. Knowing what you know, what advice do you have for those that are trying to do what you do, follow your steps? in the business what advice would you give to them
0: you know get practice don't don't wait for something to happen so that you can take the next step just take the next step i think that's important no matter what you're going to make a million mistakes and so you might as well get them out of the way that's the you know the first ten thousand pictures i took are the worst that sort of idea is like you need to get past that so that you can understand like what do you and what your theme is what your idea is what you're trying to accomplish too because you know to establish some sort of understanding of what you are as an artist is has to happen sooner or later. So you might as well get it started now. Um, that's one thing I would say that, you know, a lot of mistakes I made too, is like not having other people involved that I was accountable to, to where they could just handle it while I was doing other stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, that would have been nice to have like a strong editor working on it that I could come back and look at it and be like, Oh, tweak this, change that, but this is good. Or like I could do all, you know half of a scene like put, put all the building blocks there and be like refine it fix it for me you know something like that would have been really great having just some sort I would have liked to have had someone who I owed money to I think honestly it would it would have happened a lot sooner if I'm like oh I have to get this done because I owe that dude money if it doesn't get done now <clears throat> yeah, yeah so. sometimes
1: that's the motivating factor yeah. right
0: hundred percent so that yeah. would have been nice I mean not to I'm not saying like go find a loan shark and figure out your next movie that's actually it. though there there was but, a guy who did that he had this whole like that was this
2: whole process of how he got good at uh, he was we wanted to do illustrating and so okay. that's how he got good at doing artists. he made a bet where he owed his like his $2,000 if he didn't get a certain amount of, you know, followers on Instagram.
0: Wow. Yeah. Good for (laughs) him. And so he's going to try. Yeah. And, and I mean, honestly, the only reason it got done, done, um, which is two years ago and three years, three years ago now was when it was like, I've still changed stuff since then. But, um, when, when we actually did premieres in Fresno and that was, uh, because I set a date and I was like, I paid for the, um, theater. I paid for a Edwards theater uh, like basically two months from whatever day that was. And if I didn't show up with a finished movie, then it was going to suck. So I made sure I had a finished movie. <laughs> yeah. So you oh, have do to, you s- do. yeah, you absolutely have to set hard dates for you that you have no yeah. choice to wriggle out of. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And then, and that wasn't, it wasn't like that two months was terrible. Like <laughs> I pushed through and it was good. And I accomplished what I needed to accomplish. So it was great. Yeah. And then yeah. Yeah, after that, I would say distribution wise, it's like the grass is not going to be greener. Like if if you're trying to talk to not, not I, I'm happy with distribution, how it is now and, and working with a little sister and all that. It's great. I'm not um, that's not my 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 point of the story. I'm saying like I waited a long time because I was trying to go through different avenues and different versions and try to just like hang back and see what happens and all that. And I, that didn't end up working out how I wanted it to. And I right. could have just like, you know, fast forward it three years and it probably would have been better two and a half years, whatever it happens to be. So like waiting for the best thing to eventually show up, I was talking about this the other day and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, Prom is going to happen. You can't keep telling people no and expect it to turn out good. Like the day before you're going to date, you're going to take whoever you can get. And so <laughs> I am not in that situation, Yeah. but you don't want to put yourself in that situation at right. all. Right.
2: Yeah. No, that makes well, sense. That- well, I'm thinking that we are nearing the end of our podcast. Ah, oh, man. This was so much fun. I know. I, this, this has been delightful. <laughs> That's been. It's been wonderful. Thank you for joining us.
0: Any oh, more yeah. questions? Do we have oh. more questions?
2: No, I think, I we... think the question well has runneth dry.
0: Ah, geez. All right. I'll go get my bucket. <laughs>
2: Well, hey, I want to give a thank you to our listeners and everyone who participated in our show today. I want to thank Justin again for being our guest today. And where would you like our listeners to find you? And, of course, you want them to watch Brick Madness. Where can they abs- find that?
0: I absolutely do. Um, brickmadness.com is, like, not updated fully right now. I would say I would say also go to, the, go to Brick Madness on Facebook. Or okay. go to littlesisterent.com. Little that's where you can buy the movie right now. So littlesisterent.com. No. Uh, that's what I would say. And then if you want to no. hit me up, you can find me on at Justin Makes Movies on Instagram that sort of thing. But I'm the nice. only Justin McAleese in maybe the whole world. I don't know. I've never heard of another one. So if you just type in my name, I'm like the first 10 pages, even though I've never done anything. No, so. it, it,
2: made, it made researching way easier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> It's just a we bunch of me. Right no competition.
2: Yeah. Just all, you got your SEO in order. It's fantastic.
0: <laughs> my, my girlfriend, who was my, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, they are like, oh, what's your boyfriend look like? And they were like, who is he? And she's like, just type in his name. You'll see him. It's, it's no one else. Headshot yeah. pops yeah. right in there. Done. Done. There Perfect. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us. We had such a wonderful time today and we just wanted to say thanks to everyone who was here today and who will be watching after our reload and repost and uploads and all that good stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. The How to Artists podcast on behalf of myself, Carlana Patterson and Ryan Caldwell. We would like to say so long. Thank you and we will see you Next time.
2: How to Artists is a live stream podcast hosted and produced by Ryan Caldwell and Carlana Pedersen. Our theme song, How to Live, by Bird Garden, featuring Rogers and Cooper, was written by Ryan Cooper, Anna Rogers, and Ryan Caldwell. The How to Artists logo, illustrations, and art design were created by Carlana Pedersen. Tune into our live streams and stay up to date by following us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. For more information about Ryan Caldwell visit ryancaldwellmusic.com. And for more information about Carlana Pedersen, visit carlana.com. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening.